Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Furniture and fire. And the idea behind it is that there are some things in our lives that are furniture. They are man-made. You make furniture or you buy furniture. If you go to an Ikea place, you buy it and you put it together yourself or, or you buy it already made, but it's man-made. Furniture is comfortable, it's luxurious, it's beautiful, it speaks of our own personal tastes and style, it's attractive to others, it's where we sit and relax. Furniture is our lives that we build for ourselves. Fire is that immaterial, intangible thing almost supernatural. It's a thing, but it doesn't have any matter to it. It's, it's a light and a heat, but you can't put it in a container. It's a weird, invisible thing, but visible, and yet it comes and it brings power. And the idea behind this series is that in your Christian life, you need the earthly things, the furniture, but without the fire of God, it's a waste of time. And some people focus only on the furniture. Some people focus only on the fire. But we need the furniture and the fire if we're going to succeed as a Christian, but also if we're going to get to heaven. And we're going to look at different areas of our lives. If you like the office furniture, how we do our work, the home lounge furniture, how we operate in, in families, the church furniture, how we do our ministry, uh, prayer, all the different areas of our lives and what the furniture needs to be, but also how we get the fire and how we put the two together and how we don't get out of balance. We need both. We need fire and furniture. It's going to help you, I promise you. Stay with me and follow because you will be blessed. It's a bit like a car and fuel. You know, you can have the, the most beautiful car and it can have all the working parts and the precision engineering and the beautiful paintwork and interior furnishings. It can be the most beautiful car, but without the fuel, it can't do anything. And you can have fuel, but without a car that's properly designed for it, it's useless. But you put fuel and car together and you get a beautiful experience of driving. It's the same with your Christian life. If you've got the furniture without the fire or the fire without the furniture, it's a waste of time. And many Christians are limping along and they're wondering, why is my Christianity not working the way that God says it should? And it's often because we've got the furniture or the fire mixed up and messed up. Or we started with it right and we've lost the plot somewhere along the line. Paul writes to Timothy, he says, fan to flame the fire that, that was in you when I laid hands on you. In other words, he'd had the fire and he'd had the furniture, but it had died down and gone to nothing. And we're going to learn about this. And it's important because nothing is more important than our spiritual lives and eternity. So I'm going to read from 1 Kings chapter 18, starting from verse 23. Therefore, let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, yep, yeah, it's good, it's well spoken. 
Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves, prepare it, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them, they prepared it, they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leapt about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he's meditating or he's busy, he's on a journey, perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried out aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening, evening sacrifice. At, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Imagine, this is Elijah building the furniture. He gets 12 big stones, he finds them, he gets them and he comes and he starts to build an altar. And he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two sears of seed. In other words, a big deep ditch. He dug a moat, a trench around the altar. That takes a lot of effort. Elijah must be working hard, sweating. And he put the wood in order. So he had to go and find the wood, cut it. Then he cut the bull in pieces. He had to butcher a bull, which is a, a lot of work. And he laid it on the wood, and he said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Big pots of water. It takes a lot of work to make your furniture. A lot of time. And you've got to do it according to the right pattern and plan. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. Bear in mind, they're pouring water on something that he wants to burn. Because the fire is supernatural. We can fall into the trap of thinking we've got fire from God, but it's just human cleverness and effort, and it's a waste of time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and it also filled the trench with water. He's making it impossible for this to be human. It has to be supernatural. We have to get to the place in our Christian lives where if God doesn't come through, it's not going to work. And that's an exciting, scary place to live. I, I feel like in our modern Western world, we have so organized and analyzed and codified Christianity that even if God doesn't pitch up, we can still have a good service and a good Christian life. And I want to tell you, it's a waste of time. But the scary thing is we think everything's good because everything still works. We think we, we're still close to God and everything's good. And he says it has to be a supernatural event. Verse uh, 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. I am your servant, and I've done all of these things according to your word. In other words, he wasn't just making it up. It was God's prescription. 
Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that these people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and the water. That's what we need, amen? We need the fire of God. But without the furniture, there wouldn't have been any fire. And without the fire, there wouldn't have been any victory. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. Just before this, the prophets of Baal had killed all the people who worshiped God in Israel. So they seized them. Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go, go up and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. What's going on here? The people have sinned. If you like, as a people, as a community, as a nation, Israel has said, not only personally will we get rid of God's idea of furniture, we are ditching the whole idea of the IKEA instruction sheet. We're saying there is no in instructor, creator, builder, manufacturer. We are our own and we will serve whomever we want. We don't want God to tell us how to arrange the furniture in our lives. In fact, we'll choose this other God called Baal and we'll worship him and he'll let us do whatever we want. We can sleep with whomever we want. We can be our own bosses. We can run our own lives. Yes, he wants us to sacrifice our children in fires, but we can put up with that because at least we can sin and have fun. We're going to go this other way. And because they've taken themselves out of God's, not just out of God's furniture plan, but out of God's house altogether, there was no rain in Israel for three and a half years. Elijah had been used by God to bring the fire of no rain Elijah had said, it's not going to rain because God says so. And so sometimes, in fact, this is my first point. The reason we need the fire is because God has removed his fire because of our sin. That is the whole problem. We were designed, human beings were designed to be plugged into a power source. Have you ever seen a, a fridge that hasn't been plugged in for a while? It starts to stink. <laughs> it can run on its own energy for a little bit of time and it can keep things cold, but eventually things go rotten inside and the fridge doesn't work. It's a, it's a stinking, horrible weight of metal sitting there because it's designed to be plugged in. You and I were designed to live with the fire of God flowing through us, but as a society, as a human race, we turned against God, we turned away from him. We said we're unplugging from the source of fire and that is why fire is needed because you and I are born and we grow up and we live and if we do nothing, we die apart from the fire of God and God says, I love you too much to leave you without my fire. I want to live with you forever with the fire of my passion and my life burning inside of you. And therefore, I make available to you the fire, but you need to have a certain amount of furniture in place to receive my fire. Sin is the problem. Now, I need to say something that I will say again and again over the next few weeks. 
We need to be careful because there is a trap we can fall into here where we think, I deserve my salvation. There are two schools of theology. I'm just going to get a little bit technical for a second here. There is a school of theology called monogism, and there is a school of theology called synergism. Monogism says it's all God. It's all God. Human involvement is not needed. God decides whom he's going to save. He saves who he's decided he's going to save. Humans don't get involved. It doesn't matter whether you want to or don't want to. God is going to do it. That's monogism. Synergism says, yes, it's all God, but he works with a willingness and a receptiveness from humans. And I want to say that the next one along from synergism is thinking we can earn our salvation on our own. And that is totally wrong. People who believe in monogism are still believers. They're still Christians. But synergism comes from the Greek word synegeo, which is in the Bible, fellow workers. And Paul says we are God's fellow workers. It is a biblical term. God does everything, but he uses people first. He does everything with people. Amos says God does nothing without revealing it to his servants, the prophets. Jesus said, John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing, yes, but you can do something with him. There is an involvement from human beings. And so the balance we're trying to get in this series is there is a human part, there is a godly part, but it's never just us earning it, it's us putting ourselves in a position to receive his grace. You know, in John chapter 7, it says the Pharisees rejected Jesus because they hadn't been baptized by John the Baptist. They hadn't put the furniture in place of repenting, and so they couldn't receive the Savior. There is a furniture that we need to put in place, just a willingness and an openness to receive God that is involved. So my first point is sin is the problem. The, the nation of Israel had sinned. There was no rain. God wanted to save them. He wanted them to turn back to him. He wanted to pour rain on the nation. Friend, you and I are not exempt from this. Sin is the problem. The reason we need the fire of God is because sin has cut us off. Our own sin and our predecessor's sin, we are born cut off from God. We need the fire of God. Jesus said, you must be born again of water and the Spirit. Unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You need the fire to make you new, to come into your heart and reignite and reawaken your life. Sin is the problem. The second point is that furniture is needed and furniture requires work and a pattern. You know, Elijah had to do a whole lot of stuff to get ready for God. If the altar hadn't been built according to God's plan, the fire wouldn't have come. There is work involved, but it must be according to God's plan. And the problem with humans is we know we're cut off from the fire of God. We know we need to do something, but we do what the prophets of Baal did. We work hard. We make up something in our own minds, or we follow a different God or a different teaching. We dance. We scream. We wail. We shout. We cut ourselves. We prophesy. We say, I'm trying so hard. Surely God will hear me. I'm a good person, but I'm following this different God or this different teaching or my own beliefs or my own understanding of who God is. And God says, you must follow the pattern of the builder, the instructor, the creator. 
The furniture must be made correctly for the fire to fall. And this is going to be a big part of our series, is have we understood the instructions? Hosea 4 verse 6, God says, My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. They haven't known what is right, how to set their lives up correctly in their work life and their family life. You know, the Bible says that often a husband's prayers are not answered because he's not in unity and fellowship with his wife. That's furniture. The fire is God's prayer answering to prayer, but the furniture is be in unity with your wife. And because we don't know this, we're saying, why are my prayers not being answered? We've got to know the pattern. And so we're going to look at how God sets up the different things. David, trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem, but he's not following the pattern that God has prescribed for bringing the Ark in. And so Uzzah touches the Ark and he's destroyed. He's killed. The fire's burnt, but it's not in a good way because they weren't following the pattern. The Ark gets taken into Obed-Edom's house, who honors the Ark, and everything in Obed-Edom's house prospers. His crops do well. His uh, livestock do well. His family are happy and healthy and blessed there's just blessing and David sees this and he realizes "Uh oh I need the fire but I need to do it according to God's instructions and so he goes back and he brings the ark in and every six steps they sacrifice a bull and there's just dancing and rejoicing and the power of God comes into Jerusalem the furniture does involve work from us but more importantly it involves getting the right pattern from God And you might say to me, you know what, I'm sincere in my worship of God. I'm doing things as best I can. I'm trying as hard as I can. But are you listening to the instructions that God has? Because they're not difficult to find and they're not difficult to understand. God says, understand my building instructions for building your flat pack Ikea furniture. Get it right. And the fire will fall. You say, I I want a godly marriage. I want a godly spouse. And so I'm going to all the places where people get drunk and take drugs and have sex with each other to find a godly spouse. He says, your furniture's wrong. I can't give you the fire of a blessing of a wonderful marriage if you're looking for it with the wrong furniture. I want God to use me in ministry. But I'm lazy. I never pitch up when I say I will. I don't do what people ask me to do. And I don't serve the Lord with all my heart. He says, your furniture's wrong. My fire's available, but get the right furniture. And so we're going to be looking at that. My first point is sin is the problem. Second point is the furniture takes work and knowing the right pattern. The third point is that there's going to have to be a willingness. You know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Faith comes when Elijah hears God's words. Elijah's all alone. All the other prophets that he knows of have been killed. There's 450 prophets of Baal. The king Ahab and his wife Jezebel are against him. He's under intense pressure. And God says, Elijah, stand up against this king. Tell him it's not going to rain. And then call the prophets together and have this big showdown on Mount Carmel. Elijah had to have a lot of courage and he had, to, he had to believe God enough and then have the courage to actually step out and do it. It's all very well to know the instructions of what the furniture should be. You might know what it takes to have a godly marriage. 
To have the husband as the head, but he listens to God. To have the wife submitting, but she's praying for her husband. To have all these different pieces of furniture in place. You might know what it is, but then you've got to have the courage to actually step out of the boat and start walking and obeying what God has told you to do. Elijah had to have the courage to say, King, it's not going to rain. People, come to Mount Carmel. We're going to have a showdown. Faith without works is dead, but faith starts by hearing words, and then the words have to be met with willingness, and then the works happen. And that's what Elijah did. And I'm going to challenge us in this series to say, have you, first of all, heard the words of what the furniture should look like, but then have you had the courage to step out? And maybe you started stepping out. Maybe you understood that God wants to pour fire of supernatural financial blessing through you. But the furniture is you have to give him offerings. And you started with the courage of doing that, and then you stopped, and you said, I'm sure it's okay. I, the furniture's not quite right, I understand that, but I'm sure God is kind. I'm sure the fire will keep coming. And I want to challenge you to get back to that place of radical obedience, like Elijah had, where he's willing to stand up against opposition and evidence to the contrary and real difficult situations and say, I'm going to obey God. Sin is the problem. God's furniture is provided and the instructions are there, but there has to be a willingness, a faith, a courage on our part, and we have to step out. And if you've started stepping out and then stopped, you can repent and say, God, I'm sorry, and he floods back in with his power. The fourth point is that furniture comes with a risk of comfort. You know, furniture is designed to be comfortable. We used to have a beautiful, lazy chair. You sat in it, and it was all plush and beautiful and nicely furnished. And as you leant back, a little footrest popped up, and you could almost just sleep in it. It was beautiful. And we got rid of it. I don't quite know why we got rid of that chair. <laughs> furniture is designed to be comfortable, but there is a danger that we get comfortable in the furniture. And it becomes an idol, and we become so comfortable and self-satisfied with how good we are at obeying all the instructions of the manufacturer that we no longer look for the fire, and we're relying on ourselves, and we're proud of our furniture. And there is a massive danger there that we get proud, and we're no longer seeking God. And there are many Christians who started with fire, but now 20, 30 years down the line, they're no longer expecting supernatural miracles from God. And God says, I want to bring the fire back because there's a danger. You're neither hot nor cold. You're lukewarm. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He says, be careful. Don't lose your first love. Get the fire back. And then lastly, it's all about the rain. It's all about the rain. You know, this whole thing was about God wanting to not just pour physical rain on Israel to give them crops and to ease their thirst and to give them life. He wanted the spiritual rain of having a people who loved him and whom he loved. It's all about God's mercy and his love and his rain and having that intimate fellowship with him again. We can get into the trap of thinking, right, I've got all my furniture 
right, I've ticked all the boxes. I know exactly what God requires for my job, for my church, for my family, for my this, for that. I've done everything. Right, I've got the fire. Let me get the supernatural power. Right, I've got that sorted out. But we've lost the intimacy and love of a loving father who says, this is just a tool for me to have a loving relationship with you, the, the refreshing presence of my reign in your life. And I want to say today, friends, this is my closing point. You and I need the furniture and we need the fire, but the reason we need it is because there is a loving God who doesn't want us to suffer. He doesn't want us to suffer here on earth. He doesn't want us to have bad marriages, to have financial lack, to have physical health problems, to have problems at work, to have interpersonal problems. He doesn't want that. But more importantly, he doesn't want us to spend eternity apart from him. And I want to say to you today, he is calling out to you. Just like through Elijah, he was calling out to the people of Israel and saying, turn back to me. God is crying out to you and I today. And he's saying, come back to me. And the way you'll know that you're not with him is, number one, you'll know there's an area of the furniture of your life where you said, I used to follow God's ways, but I'm not doing it anymore. Or there's none of the fire. It's all just human effort. There's none of the supernatural power in your life. You're not seeing God guiding you, speaking to you, answering prayers, doing miracles, working through you. And he says there's a symptom there of a bigger problem, and that is my relationship with you is broken. And so I'm going to ask us to pray. Would you stand with me? Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you provide rain, that you provide fire, that you provide the instructions and the grace for us to work out the furniture in our lives. And you call to us again and again, come back to me, my people. I pray, Lord, for myself and my friends, my brothers and sisters, that you would help us, Lord. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.